Heavenly Father, good morning, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Welcome to those who are in the congregation. We say welcome to you. To those who are listening online, we say welcome. To all the mothers in the house, we say happy Mother's Day. To those who are listening online, happy, happy Mother's Day. To those who gave birth to those children and to those who mothered you but did not give birth to you, we want to say a shout out. We want to give a special shout out to Ava's mummy. Mother's Day, Mommy Rifa. Have a wonderful day. For the circlers, happy Mother's Day. And this morning we want to just give God thanks for His grace, for His mercy, for His tender loving care towards us. I am grateful. I am so grateful this morning. I am grateful for life, for health, for your love. The fact that you sent your son for us, Lord. I am grateful. I am grateful that I have another day to give you praise, to honor you, my King, my Lord, my Savior, my Father, my friend. My all in all, I give you praise. Before I continue to magnify your name, our scripture reading this morning is taken from Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 6 to 10. And it reads, In so much as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great, and your name is great and mighty. Who would not fear you, O King of Nations? Who would not fear you, O King of Nations? Hallelujah. For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But, there, but they are altogether dull and dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is worthless doctrine. Silver beaten into plates. It is brought from Tarshish and gold from Opsa. The work of the craftsmen and the hands of blacksmith, blue and purple are their clothing. They are all the works of skillful men. But the Lord is the true God. 
He is the living God, the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth will tremble, and the nation will not be able to endure His indignation. Here endeth the reading of the word of the Lord. And so, Lord, we come and we recognize, Father God, that there is none like you, that there is no other God but you. Everything else we crave and everything else we give our attention to compares nothing to you, Lord, because there is no other God but you. You are the Most High God. You are the Mighty God. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the conquering line of Judah. You are the King of Nations. You are the Creator of all the earth. Father God, there is none like you. Jesus, there is none like you. Lord, even now as my voice goes out into the ear where it waves, Holy Spirit, teach me to pray. Lord, every person that hear my voice this morning, Father God, stir in their hearts your spirit, Father, that they would recognize that there is none like you, that you are who is missing. Your control is missing from their lives. You are the one. You are the only king. You are the only savior. You are the only way. There is no other way but you, God. Abba, Father, draw near to us, Lord. Let us experience your love in a new way. Breathe your love upon us, Lord God. You are the very air that we breathe. We can do nothing without you, Father God. And so this morning, we welcome your presence in this place. We welcome you to move in this place, to have your being, Lord God, to just move and let everything go according to your purpose and according to your will. Move upon our hearts this morning that our hearts will be pliable in your hands. That our hearts will be at a place that will receive, Lord God, the seeds that you have sown. That it will fall upon hearts that are good stones, that are not stony, Lord God. Remove every single stony parts of our heart, Lord God, and that your word will fall upon our hearts that is good soil. Father God, have your own way this day. We pray, God, that for those who are listening, that you would reach out and touch them. Lord, that they would experience your love in a fresh way, that you would breathe upon them, to those who are feeling lonely and despondent, Lord God, that they'll know that you are there with them. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just help them even now. Lord, that you're a God that is everywhere. That you can go into every situation, every highway, every byway. 
Lord, we pray, Lord God, that your word would go out this morning and it will not return to you void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent, O God. This is your word, and your word is light and truth and a lamp unto our path. So even now, Father God, we pray, God, that you would lead us in, our, in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord God, cover us under your wings. Hide us under the shadow of the Most High God. Hide us from ourselves, Lord. Hide us from ourselves, from our wills, Lord God. Be our God, be enthroned today. Holy Spirit, come and move in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
God like my God. I dare you to brag on me for a moment. Has he done anything for anybody in the house?
thank you this morning. We are grateful that you are awesome, that you are great, that you are magnificent, that there is no one like you, Father God. Lord, that there is no other God, that there is nothing that compares to the Most High God. And so this morning we recognize, Lord God, that you have lavished your love on us by sending your only Son. And so we are grateful, Lord God. Let us be grateful with thanksgiving and, and just praise you daily, Lord God, because your love is enough. Your blood is enough. What you have done for us is enough. You are enough for us, Lord God. And so, Father God, we come and we worship you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you. Give us hearts that praise you throughout this week, throughout our lives, that the joy of the Lord will indeed be our strength. Lord, we thank you, Father God. Be lifted up and exalted, O oh God. Be magnified in every area, in every facet of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. church good morning good morning good morning good morning I want to extend a blessed Mother's Day to all the mothers to all the expected mothers to, to all those who are considering to be a mother and to those who are waiting expectantly to be mothers to those who have the opportunity to be mothers for their family members to those who are being mothers for their younger siblings blessed mother's day and as we continue the service of worship we are going into the offering and then the communion all right so and for those who are joining us we, we're thankful that you um you're able to listen to this broadcast and we always pray that a word a thought an inspiration a song a sermon a prayer something that would stimulate and will touch your heart to be drawn closer to the Lord. Our heart's desire is that the message of Jesus Christ be spread abroad to those far and near. And we are so thankful for the opportunity to share those sentiments with you. So as we get into the word, and this is offering, this is the Sunday that we are going to honor God. Not only with our tithes and offering, but with our lives. So the scripture is taken from 1 Samuel 1 to 19. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut some of the verses out for the interest of time. But I want you to get the, 
the essence of what the Lord is saying in the scripture. Alright, now verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim, of the Mount of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, son of Joham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time and when the time was that Elkanah offered, he offered Penina his wife and on all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And he did this year by year by year. And she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. I'm going to skip to verse 11. And she vowed a vow unto the Lord of hosts. If you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaiden and remember me and not forget thine handmaiden but thou will give thy handmaiden a man-child then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And as it came to pass, as she continued to pray before the Lord, Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake into her heart only. Her mouth, her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunken and Eli said unto her how long will thou be drunken put away thy one from thee and Hannah answered and said no my lord I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink but have poured up my heart my soul before the Lord count not thy handmaiden of, of a daughter of Be Beal Belial for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I was outspoken. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Thine handmaiden find grace in thy sight. So the women went their way and eat, and her countenance was not more sad, no more sad. Verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early, worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. 
So what what I found significant in the um, in this word the thing that she wanted was the thing that she presented back to the Lord as an offering the very thing that she so wanted and sometimes we can be caught up in the thing that we don't have and even when she saw her, her I don't even know what you call her the, the other lady who was the other wife um, yeah she was even teasing her that hey you know see the Lord did this to you and so it is that in life we have to be careful to know, know how to get the Lord's attention because you see she was committed but until she got the connection everything came into full you know when she decided hey this thing is not going to be my God anymore I'm going to give it back to the Lord I'm going to give this very thing that I want unto the Lord and then she pleaded and I said Lord do not forget me and it was mentioned that when she went in to Elkanah her husband it says and the Lord remembered her so it is that we want to be remembered and want to be remembered and it's so significant that our offerings our life it is something that the Lord remembered and even when there was a flood that was coming it says that the Lord remembered Noah that he's a righteous man and when Noah came out he offered unto the Lord the Lord didn't ask for an offering but yet still we saw um, Hannah and her husband they're doing the offering year after year year after year year after year they didn't miss a beat and so it is that the Lord blessed her with, with, with Samuel and then she spent time with him and what is so amazing that the Lord has this, this multiplication system you give him one and what happened she got five more kids afterwards so the thing that she wanted is the thing that she presented unto the Lord and, and I know sometimes um, Mother's Day can be a, a, such a it almost comes like Christmas time you know that time it can be a high moment and a low moment at the same time where persons have lost their mothers where mothers have lost their daughters where those who want to be mothers can't be mothers at this season but yet this was so um different this is encouraging to say that she wept before the lord releasing the thing like she came to the realization say hey lord i'm gonna live my life i'm gonna give this thing back to you and it, it's so it's so awesome on the timing that when she decided to give this thing back to the Lord and say Lord have your way have your will because our, our lives is going to be a life of challenge everybody has a challenge that they're going to face and this far exceeds your your money your livelihood this this is this is life and as I can remember my sister that passed on and when we were looking at the pictures I was so amazed that she did not stop living 
Well, she wanted to be married and she wanted to have kids and all of that, but she did not stop living. Almost every picture that she that they took and showed us was she was somewhere else. She was enjoying herself. She was um, visiting other countries with other family members and friends. And I said, look at that. That is so awesome that she did not stop living. So today, Mother's Day, um, I want to pray for the mothers and everybody out there also. And the Lord is good. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity to share your word. And we pray also for mothers and those who want to be mothers, those who the to think of being a mother is is such a blessing. So Lord, we do not know the, the intricacies of what you're doing in each and every one's life. But Lord, we, we pray that you'll grant them the desire of their heart. We pray that Lord they will be able to lay this before you. And say, Lord, have your way. And Lord, that you grant them the peace to know that you are in control. Lord, it's until we give this thing back to you that you can bless it and turn it back around. More than we can ever ask, think, or even imagine. That Lord, we will not be able, we will not fret by the pressures of the world and the world putting pressure upon us, saying by this certain time you should not have this. You should have that. You know, we, we're not looking on the world for comfort. Because in the world, there's no comfort. There's chaos. There's instability. Instability. Lord, but Lord, we know you're stable. We know your word goes far beyond we can ever imagine. We're so thankful for your word that we can have your written word to look upon and we thankful also for the Rima word the word that you speak to us even when we're not right in your midst the word that you continue to speak upon our hearts so Lord we are thank thankful for the mothers and the expected mothers and those who are who wanting to be mothers we pray that Lord you give them the heart the grace because Lord it is not easy also as, as many mothers can attest it is a lot, a lot of sacrifice. It is a lot of giving without getting any return. It is a lot of pulling from you more than you can ever ask to give. But the Lord is also gracious because the same way the mothers serve, that's how you serve us, Lord. You have given us so much and Lord, we are always to be reminded to give back to you. So we are so thankful. In Jesus' name, Amen. And now we're going to um, pass around to give. And for those who are listening online, if you feel the urge to give, you can give to our PayPal account, which is newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Listening for the song.
of glory so father we thank you again for the offering and the the ability to give back unto you lord we pray that lord this will be used for the furtherance of the kingdom for helping those who are in need for helping those who are in the house also who might fall on hard times we thank you that this will be your storehouse that there will be meeting of 
to meet the needs. Lord, I pray that you always open our, our eyes and ears to see those who are in need and to always find a way to, to be a help in this community at this time. For those who are hurting, Lord, we pray that, Lord, we, this will be a place where people can come and expect and feel the expression of your love that anyone walk through the, the doors into your house Lord would feel your loving embrace so Lord we thankful we are so thankful Lord for this opportunity again bless those who didn't have the ability to give that Lord you are the one that will create increase and Lord, we see that is so evident. The Lord, we cannot draw from in which we have not given into. So Lord, we are given our best to you. As it, as it was known that you said you smelled the, the sacrifice. And you said, yes, it was well-pleasing before you. So Lord, let everything we do be well-pleasing before you. Not only in our monies and our time and our effort but in our lives. So Lord, we are so thankful. In Jesus' name, Amen. And as we enter now into the communion part of the, the worship, and for those who are not physically here with us, um, you too can join with us. If you can quickly run into the refrigerator, get some bread, some wine. Because remember, this is a symbol of what the Lord told us to do and to do it as often as we can. So I'm going to share all the emblems and for those who are online who feel the, the need, you can also join us. Thank you. consecrate our heart this is a sacred time as we think about this holy communion the idea of communing with the king of kings and the lord of lords so we're going to take a moment to reflect and to just clear our hearts and our minds and we ask the lord to show us anything in us that's not worthy that lord we will come and repent of it so we're going to take a minute to do this
present the bread and the wine before you. Lord, this bread is a representation of your body which was broken for us. Because Lord, you know we could not redeem ourselves. The same body you said is broken for the healing of our souls. And Lord, we're so thankful. So right now we're going to take the representation of the bread and eat. Lord, this precious blood, the red, thick blood that washes us white as snow, this blood is the redemption power of God for us. And Lord, remember the blood that you bled for us. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, you know, without your sacrifice, we'd be lost. So, Lord, we thank you for this blood. Amen. Now, go ahead and drink the blood, a representation of his blood. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, for this holy communion which you have prepared for us. And Lord, not only for when we are together, but Lord, as you can remind us each day that we get the opportunity to, to live before you. So right now we're going to play a, a short clipping of a song, and then we'll head right into the word. So continue to prepare your hearts to hear the word and the blessing that we give on this Mother's Day Sunday.
This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient and patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered with me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is your favor but this is in your favor you hate the evil deeds of the 
Nicolaitans, just as I do. Verse 7 and last, anyone who, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Here is the reading. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day, not only to the mother, but for the other women who mother children. Who mothered, who nurtured, who encouraged, who were there. Who were there to, to do many things that the mothers couldn't have done. And, and we know that mothering is not only by biological. It's for the non-biological ones who did just as much. It is a very hard task as a mother, whatever role you played, to encourage a child and to just to be there to to be that nurturer, to be that even to be the one to listen. It's a very hard task. But I just want to bless the Lord this morning that you are empowered to do what He called you to do. And even though at the time that you may have done it, you you yourself may have needed comfort and, 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 and nurturing when you were required to give it what God saw you. And this morning we just want to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us already, although he's already here, just to intentionally say to him this morning, Father, we thank you that you're here. We pray that your word will go about, Lord, and accomplish that which you have desired it to do and willed it to do. We thank you, Father, that you are around the world and you are there comforting and loving and commending mothers and non-biological and biological mothers, and you are saying to them, well done. Well done. You have been faithful to what you have called, you were called to do. And that's the important thing. It's not about how much you do, but it's what you, about you accomplishing what you were called to do. You may never have been like another mother. You may never have been able to give your children what other mothers did. Or you may never have been able to bring forth a child. But those that God placed in your care, you took care of. And God is commending you this morning. Though good and faithful servant, you have mothered when I call you to mother. And so Father, I just want to bless your name this morning. Father, I just want to bless those who are listening this morning. And we want to give you thanks, Father, for what you will accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. Take one and pass it. This morning we want to look as Tamar just read, the, read Revelations 2 verses 1 to 7 where we are looking at the seven churches, the letters to the seven churches. And um, this morning as I asked the question, um, can you remember what it was like the first time you fell in love or can you remember what it was like with your first love? For some, the first love that they had was their mother. For some, it was somebody that they were romantically involved with. I can recall my first love. It was a lot of butterflies in my stomach. The warm and fuzzy feelings that I had. and You just wanted to be in that person's presence all the time. I wanted to, to share 
Yes, a lot of excitement. You want to share with them everything. You can't wait to talk to them to tell them how your day went. You can't wait for them to come to, for you to talk on the phone or to see them, to hear how their day went. And you would talk on and on and on and on. You would never be lacking of speech. You always have something to share. And even though initially you may have been shy, and even though you feel shy, you still want to be around them. But if you stop and remember, for those of us who may not still be in a relationship with that first love, whether it be a mother and a broken relationship, or it may be a, a partner that is no longer around because the relationship is broken, what happens when that relationship gets cold is that their darkness comes in your heart and you start to think the negative things. You start to have feelings of apathy. You no longer delight, feel, feel the same delight that you had. The, 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 you never wanted to share and so you realize that communication can go by. Days can go by and no communication. You have nothing to share. If you see each other and if you're living together, hi, how are you? The basics. But there's nothing, no zeal, nothing to share. You're no longer longing for those times of being together. Actually, you make excuses and you prefer to be with others. Other friends, other, are, are for some, some are even go to the next level. They start dating somebody else. You no longer seek affirmation from that person because you don't feel that way about them. And the church of Ephesus had that same dilemma. They initially were commended by Paul for their faith in Jesus and their love for the saints. But they were no longer feeling that love towards Jesus. Their hearts have grown cold. They have forsaken their first love. And we recognize that when, you're, when, you, when, you, when your hearts are cold towards the person you used to love, you are then prone to wonder. They wandered in their devotion towards God and they wandered and became a part and started doing things that they never would have done. Instead of trusting God, they, they began to, to blame him. Depression, discouragement, discontentment, rebellion, disillusionment overshadowed their love for Jesus. And one question Jesus is asking, or has asked the Ephesians, and it's the question he's asking us today. What have I done you? Why you are no longer in love with me? What have I done you for you to forsake your first love? What have I done to cause you to be so disappointed in me that you no longer love me the way you used to love me? The text this morning that, that, that Tamar read in, in the, was found in the book of Revelation. Revelation is otherwise called the Acapulco. Apocalypse, which means to unveil, uncover, or to reveal the things to come. The message in the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus. It concerns Jesus and it is from Jesus. According to Revelation 1 verses 1 to 2, God gave the revelation of his will and his plan to Jesus. Jesus sent it to sent it through an angel to John and John is to now testify to the churches of God's re revelation so we see God not only coming from the message now coming directly from God to the church but he took different channels he, it was his will revealed to Jesus 
Jesus sent it to the angels. So when you read these scriptures, you see these, these to the angel of the church of Ephesus, to the angel over the church of that, to the angel. And so you realize there's an involvement of the angels. For some translations, the angels were messengers. For some, they said it was bishops and um, they were pastors that John wrote the letters to. But we recognize over and over that this was not just John talking to the churches. It was God sending a message. It was God saying to them, This is my revelation to you. So why was the revelation of Jesus necessary to be given to John to the churches? Amos 3, 67 says, God does nothing unless he reveals it to his prophets. So God wanted the church to become aware and prepared of what is to come. Although the churches were in different locations in Asia, they were not denominations. Think about it now. If, if, if John had to write to the churches in Texas, Hello? Too many churches because the letter that he wrote to us, nobody else would have read it. The, church that, the letter that he wrote to all the different churches, the different denominations, it would only be unique to them. While when he wrote to, to Ephesus and he wrote to Smyrna and he wrote to Pergamum and, and Laodicea and Philadelphia, he was writing to the body of believers over which Christ is the head. And so there's a difference then than it is now. And so we recognize that then there was no Pentecostal, there was no Evangelical, there was nothing like that. Just one body of believers. While on exile in the, um, on the island of Patmos, John was inspired to write to the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. They were all in Asia Minor, which is now modern Turkey, about the revelation he received from Jesus. He wanted them to see what God was revealing to him and to make it plain to them. The letters were prophetic. They were prescriptive. And they were preventative. They were prophetic because it was God's word to the church. And although they were not. They were, they were just the original recipient. It is still God's word to the church now. And what God wants us to do from this prophetical word. Is for us to understand. That the message that he sent to them then makes us aware now of what is to come. The messages were also prescriptive because they were like the guidelines for them to follow. They were preventative because they cautioned believers in terms of how to live. And this morning as we look at the church of Ephesus, we want to see what is God saying to us? What is it that he needs us to be aware of? What are the guidelines that he's giving us to follow? And what are the caution that he's giving us to, and the things to avoid? The church of Ephesus, as I said this morning, is no different from the church today. They had struggles, they had strengths, and they were also living in a society, a pagan society, which rivaled and demanded their devotion to their small g God over the great and living God that we sang about this morning. The awesome God that we also read about in Jeremiah 10. This message that we hear, it says, if we hear and heed to the warnings, we will avoid the judgment that the churches fell prey to. 
Ephesus was the capital and leading business center along the Mediterranean Sea. It was the center of learning in Asia, man. You know what I liked about Ephesus? Women enjoyed equal rights and privileges like the men. Not like now, where women are somewhat degraded. And it was famous for his temple to the, the, the Greek goddess Artemis, otherwise called Diana to the Romans. It was, and, and today, um, that temple is one of the great seven wonders of the world. According to Acts 19, 21-41, the city of Ephesus was a major industry of the manufacture of the images of the goddess Artemis. And pilgrims came to Ephesus from all over the Med Mediterranean world to worship the goddess. Paul had spent nearly three years with the Ephesian church. And he was very close to them. And during his final journey to Jerusalem, he sent to the elders of the church and he warned them. And Acts 20 gives us the, the, the warning. He says, turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verses 28 to 31, he says, keep watch over yourself and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which is bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, Paul said, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples from them. So be on your guard. So here it is that before he left, and even before he left the Ephesian believers, Paul was saying to them, I have taught you all of this, but be on your guard. The church existed during one of the most difficult times in our Christian history. It was about in around that time that Emperor Nero in AD 54 was killing believers just because they would not bow their knees to, to Caesar. But what, what was not, notable about the Ephesian church is that they stood firm in the midst of persecution. In the book of Ephesians, Paul encouraged the believers to strengthen their faith in Christ. He taught them the truth about who they were in Christ. So even after he left, he never forgot them. He wrote, he said, this is who you are. This is your identity in Christ. He said, he instructed them on how to live and he said, engage. Ephesians 6 was all about engaging in spiritual warfare. Later, after that, we see John coming and John writing. And he, and he said, John begins and he says, This is the message from him who holds the seven stars in his right hands and walk among the seven golden, golden lampstands. And we know that the stars were the angels, the angels of God, and the, and the lampstands are the churches. And in essence, John is saying, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand denotes the power and authority over the church and the believers and this, is, this was Jesus. Jesus was saying, I hold the seven stars in my hand and I walk among the church. So let us ask God today that what he's saying to the church to help us to hear and understand what the Spirit is saying to us today so that we can apply and so in verse 2 to 3, John begins by saying, I know your deeds. I know your hard work and your perseverance. 
I know that you can tolerate wicked men that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my namesake and you have not grown weary. Then in verse 6 he, he commends them again and he says I know you hate the practice of the Nic Nicolaitans. Those who are believers who have compromised their faith, abandoned themselves to a life of self-indulgence and carnal living and have made excuses so that they could enjoy the sinful practices of the Ephesian church, or society rather. Also in Ephesians 1 to 15, we see Paul affirming the Ephesian church of their faith. And their love for the saints. And, and Jesus knew the good deeds of the Ephesian church. And, he, and because nothing is hidden from them. And he said, I know your deeds. I know where you have been good. I know where you have been faithful. I saw where you persevered or you endured. I saw everything you did. And I am commending you for your hard work. And the same thing he would have said to mother this morning. The same thing he would have said to you. I know your good deeds. I know your good deeds. I know where you are loyal, where you are faithful, where you are giving. I know the sacrifices that you would have made in this time to serve me. When everything else is pulling on you not to. I know your hard struggle as a mother to provide for your children. I know your encouragement and your nurturing as a, as a woman to encourage other women as they partner and as they nurture children. I know your good deeds. In essence, God is saying, or Jesus is saying to us, the good you do have not gone unnoticed. And I am commending you for that. And even as I thought about it, I'm thinking, what is the Lord saying to us at NLH? What good deed do we have for God to say, I know your good deed. To be a hard-working and, and persevering church who tolerate, who do not tolerate wicked men. Because what they did, they heard the teaching of men who came. And they were able to critically analyze what was being taught. And they knew that these were false apostles, false teachers. And they were able to identify it. Can we easily identify false teachers? And because he's saying to us as a church NLH. I want you to be at a place where I can look at you and I can see that you are persevering even in this time. I can look at you and I can recognize that you have not grown weary in your devotion to me. You have endured hardship for my name's sake. You have persevered. You have listened to different teachings and you can, you can identify and you can assess and you can critically examine and know what is of me and what is not of me. But for us to only to do that, we have to remain true to God. So is there a situation in your life this morning that is making you weary? Is there a situation or a hardship that you are facing this morning that would cause you not to hear God say to you, I know your good deeds. I know you. And so the Ephesian church this morning represents what God is saying to us. Many years ago I read a book and I cannot forget the book. It's a book the, 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 the man written about is called Bruce Olson. The book is called Bruco. B-R-U-C-H-K-O or B-R-U-C-K-O. Bruschko. 
That guy got saved at the age of 19. And when he got saved, he felt like the Lord sent him to South America to, to live amongst a tribe called the Molitones. M-O-T-I-L-O-N-E-S. Yeah. They were in, in uh, at the outskirts of Colombia. They were a murderous tribe. And when he got there, the first thing they did, they, they captured him. And they tortured him. They tortured him for nine months. And even after the, 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 after the torture, and they allowed him to live in the village, he was lonely because there was no communication. They never spoke his language and he never spoke theirs. And he had he, the disease that was normal to them, that they lived with every day, attacked him and he, and he was very ill. He had so much mis misfortunes. But one day after many years, they finally, when he learned the language and they accepted him, they finally heard him share the gospel and they accepted. And even after that, you'd have felt like, okay, fine, this guy accomplished what he was sent to accomplish. But he felt like God was saying to him, no, you still need to live amongst them and teach them more and more about me. And there were other tribes, neighboring tribes, they had cannibalistic tribes living close by. And there was constant war between the Molitones and these other tribes. And God would have had it that he lived to see, and that guy is still alive, and he lived to see, also lived to see the Molitone tribe evangelize the other tribes around him. And Olson's way of, 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 of evangelizing revolutionized the way mission is done now. Actually, mission is done based off his model. And he discovered, and when he was interviewed, he said, Christ is often a necessary, suffering is often a necessary part of Christianity. And you look at it and you say, oh my, this man gave up everything. He, he got married and he, and he had a child and he, he never got married until long after. Because he married, he married someone, he married later. This person died and everything. Not, but if you look at his life, you wonder what would this man be praising over? Because nothing, 19 years old. And when you think about his life, because I remember reading that book, that book I read in my mind maybe from about 2014. So what I'm talking from now is just memory of then, from then. But when you read the book, I was so impressed with this man giving up his life at the age of 19 to go and to share. And as I think about what he said when he said, suffering for Christ is often a necessary part of the Christian life. I'm thinking, God, am I ready? And the reason why Olson was able to say that is because of his love for the Lord. He never grew cold or weary in his relationship with God. And so I, I hear what he's saying and I, and I, and I read what the, the letter to the Ephesian church. All I'm hearing in my head is that Jesus saying to me and saying to you, do not grow cold and weary in your relationship with me. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart as a mother, even as you see your child and the child is wayward. Or the child is doing things that is counterculture to what you would have taught. Or you have raised this child and you gave this child your all and this child has now abandoned you. 
Jesus is saying to you this morning, do not lose heart, but continue to serve, continue to work hard, continue to persevere for God. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2, God says, at just the right time, I heard you. So even the midst of your perseverance and your hard work, he said, I heard you at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. The Ephesian believers' love for God made them unpopular in their city. Just like now, any believer who is fervently serving God, you're going to be unpopular. You are not going to be among the cool crowd. You're not going to be so easily loved because you're counter, living counterculture of what the culture is saying is the norm. It is easier, it was easier to live an immoral life in this for the Ephesian church. Think about it, they are living in a city that people are coming from all over the world to come and to worship this goddess. And for you not to be worshipping, think about how, 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 how they would have stand out. They would have stood out as being foreign. Something was definitely wrong with them, people would have thought. But Jesus is saying to them this morning, I know your deeds. I saw how you stood in the face of danger, stood in the face of persecution, stood in the face of being ridiculed for my sake, for my name's sake. But he goes to, if he, in, in, in verse 4 and 5, and he says to them, you have a shortcoming. I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. The founding believers of the church of Ephesus would have died and the second generation would never have been I would have known Paul and the, the, the instructions he gave and they would have lost the zeal for God. Their love for God has grown cold. And so although they were working for God they did not have the same passion and zeal that they had. Actually they were busy because they were still doing they were still doing. They were still going to Bible study. They were still doing their tithe and offering. They were still doing the thing that the church did. But their motives were wrong. They were turning up. But with them in mind. And God is saying to them. You can only serve me. When you serve me from a pure heart of love. And so God is saying to the Ephesians church, you have forsaken your first love. Is that what God is saying to us this morning at NLH? You have forsaken your first love. Love for God motivates us to be with God and to do for God. I remember talking to a friend of mine this week and we were reminiscing about how we, when we were in Jamaica, and this particular story was the one that, we, that stood out to both of us. When we used to go on the road trip to, and I think I've shared it before, when we used to go on the road to evangelize the prostitutes. And we would pull up after seven when it started to get a little dark, not too late, and we'd roll the window down and whomever, which one of the women came to the window, we would talk to some of them really weren't, they never tolerated us, they never wanted to hear what we had to say. But there was one girl in particular. She came to the window and actually she came in the car and she sat down at the back. And we spoke to her and 
she gave us her address and her number and we were able to follow up and we went and we met with our family we were met with our mother our mother didn't even know what she did for a living we couldn't share but when the mother spoke you recognized that she never had a clue what her daughter was doing and we invited them to church and they and and so i was able to go and pick them up because they were living in any park and i would go and pick them up i think I, they came with us about three times but where they were living and where church was at the time it was not feasible they were close churches closer and they gave their life to the lord at, at the church that we attended and then they started going and when i thought about it i i never i don't know what's happening to them now i don't know where they are i don't know if she continued to serve or she went back to that life but i'm just trusting god that she continued but what i realized in my life that later years when i started having uh, undergoing issues in my own life my love for god grew cold and where i used to evangelize and i would have gone, gone on the road and i would be I, I would be bold i would be fearless in sharing my passion for god waned i had lost my first love and i realized that when you lose your first love the things that you do or used to do you no longer do the importance you place on certain things you no longer place on it because it does not mean the same to you and this morning god is asking you do you still have the desire to please him as you did before when was the last time that your love for god caused you to do crazy stuff for him does your current life reflect your passion and your zeal for him and if not why is it because you have forsaken your first love or as your passion turn to duty and if we stop and think we, we can be here this morning and everything we do we're doing out of duty it's not because we're passionate do you remember what it was like when you first came to know christ the love you felt for him i remember waking up in the mornings oh my gosh I couldn't wait to wake up and when I woke up it was like joy just flooding me I wake up and I would say good morning Jesus good morning Holy Spirit good morning Father and when I sing it I mean I'm just beaming you swear that there was somebody physically in the room with me I just roll over and you, you were so in love with them with, with, the, with, the, with the Godhead And this morning if i'm to be truthful when i got up this morning i didn't say that i got up knowing that i had something to do and i got up to come and read my bible so i could come and prepare myself so it was so as my passion turned into duty that's a question i have to ask myself is it the thing that i'm doing for god is it because i am required to do it or because i come every day before my father longing to be with him the same way i would have longed to be with my first love the first person i was romantically involved with where am i wake up in the morning longing to hear him speak to me and longing to tell him how much i love him and if that is no longer happening i need to answer what has caused me to be so dry and lack of passion and zeal and love for the Lord.
And so in verse、um, 5a, he says to them, Because you have forsaken your first love, you would have grown cold. And let me tell you how to regain your first love. So, how does someone regain their first love? He says to them, Remember the height from which you have fallen. So, he sends them into a reset mode. Stop. Recall. Remember. Examine. Look back at the former days. Do you remember when you love God so much that, what, that you would do anything for Him? How, what was that like? How did you feel? Would you have missed an opportunity to share with others about Him? Remember when your pride did not get in the way that you would be clamorously foolish for Him? Do you remember the excitement you felt in preparing to go to church on a Sunday morning or waking up to do what we call devotion? Do you remember when you had little, but yet you promised Him your all? Do you remember the mornings and the evenings that you would have read the word and the word would have brought such a light on your inside that you would just bask in the moment of just being with Him? And as I thought about that, my, my, I remembered what Kirk said this morning. He said, Anna gave God the very thing that she needed. And so she said to God, God, I will give him back to you. Long before he gave him to her, I will give him back to you. Forever. Because that's exactly what she did, forever. And so he's saying, remember. Then he says, go back and do the deed that you did before. So I can regain my first love. You can regain your first love by going back and doing what you did before. Get up back in the mornings. Fall in love with him again. Do whatever you know what to do. And, and all of us who have ever been in a relationship, we know what to do to be back in love. We know how to fall out of love and we know how to fall back in love. We know how to not nurture something for it to grow. He says, You return to what you used to do when you first loved me. Return to where you were before you fell. Return to where you were before you got. Cold and you got weary because you're looking at what you don't have. Stop. Start looking at what I've given you. It's like I had a conversation with someone this week and we were talking and they were mentioning the hardships that they're facing now. And the hardships, when they listed it, was like about five things. And so, five things in your life at any one time is a lot. But when we stopped and we said, okay, let us look at the good things happening. The good thing superseded five, many. And I'm saying, and I thought about it, and I said, all of us are guilty of this. The fact, and sometimes it's only one thing not going right. But God is saying to us, go back and do the deeds you used to do at first when you fell in love with me. This is a call to action. It's nothing, it's nothing that you can sit and think about, it's something that you have to do. Then he said to them, Repent and do the things you did at first. 
Don't just try to do it better the next time. He says, come to me and repent. Don't try to fix yourself. Come to me and repent. Don't make excuses because I remember talking to a lady and she, she said something in a group setting and she said, it was very offensive and she said, oh, but you know, this is how I am. And he's, God is saying, no, that is not how you are. Repent. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace according to Hebrews 4.16 so that we can obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. The Ephesian church had lost sight of the seriousness of sin and they began to tolerate sin, the very thing that they were commended for. They were still busy carrying out the common practices of the church but they had lost their zeal for God and he had called them to repentance. Is that what God is calling us to this morning as NLH? And, and as I speak, I have to be looking inwardly. Is God calling me this morning to repent because I have forsaken my first love? What about you? Is he calling you to a place of repentance because you're no longer loving him the way you used to? You have grown cold and weary because of life. And in verse 5b he says to them, If you do not repent, this is what will happen. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. The Ephesian church was being cautioned about the impending judgment and danger awaiting them unless they repented. As the lampstand in Asia, if their, if, if, if their lampstand was removed, they would cease to be the effective church they were to the community. They would cease to be the light to the surrounding nations and, 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 and the communities in Asia, the other churches in Asia. There would be a church that was destroyed. And God is saying the same thing to us. If you do not repent and return to your former love that you had for me, I will destroy you. And then he went on and he says, He was an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And when you read Revelation 1, it says, Blessed is the one who reads the book. Blessed is the one who hear and respond or hear and heed or hear and do what is written in the book. And so God is saying to us this morning at NLH, he was an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And when we look and examine what he was saying to the Ephesian church, when we hear and obey, when we hear and do, when we hear and turn, he says, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Hear and take heed. Hear and act upon what you hear. To overcome is to be victorious. To overcome is to conquer. To overcome is to, is to no longer fall to the prey of the thing that wants or comes against you. 
The believers could now look forward to the future glory of the eternal life with Jesus by remaining in faith. They were once tolerant of sin, they cannot become tolerant, intolerant of sin again. Where they were once compromising, they could now no longer compromise but could persevere and endure to the end. Jesus was saying to them, come and eat of the tree of life, which is the eternal life that will be given to every believer in the new earth, which is being restored in the paradise. And you see now the correlation of the Genesis scripture with Adam being placed in the garden of Eden and given life and having an opportunity to choose good and evil. And God is saying to us this morning, for those of us who hear and eat will overcome. And when you overcome, you'll be blessed by having the opportunity to eat from the tree of life that will be in the garden. That is the new earth that is coming down that Revelation 22 speaks about. The problem of the church of Ephesus was not their failure to understand good doctrine. What happened to them is that they caved into the pressure of society around them and they lost their pure love and zeal for God. Is there a societal norm that is pressuring you right now and drawing you away from your first love? And when you examine and when you research and you look what happened to the church of Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, the light, the lampstand was removed. And what remains now in Turkey is 99% of Turkey's population is Muslim. Where the church actually was when you, when you research it, it is just covered with weeds and just ruined. All you see is tumbling of the, of, of the structure, parts of the structure of the building. God had said to them, if you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand. And that's exactly what happened to the church of Ephesus. They were the loveless church. And the handout I gave you, it said the, 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 the commendation was for their hard work, their perseverance, they resisted sin, they were intolerant of evil doers. They critically tested and examined men who called themselves apostles, but they were found to be liars and impostors. They endured hardship in the name of Jesus without becoming weary. They hated the practices of those who took on the, 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 the practices of society, but they were rebuked because they forsake their first love. And so this morning God is saying to us, if you have forsaken your first love, the only way for you to come back and to be restored is for you to remember, repent, and to do the things you once did. I do not want to end up like the Ephesian church. I do not want to end up like that church. I don't even desire for any age to end up like the Ephesian church. Because God is saying to us, I see your deed, I know your deed, I know your good works, I know every area that you have been good. But I have also noted things about you that need to change. And so I want us to stop this morning and to examine our lives 
And you hear God speak to you the good things. Hearing him speak about how, how grateful he is and how gracious he is and how merciful he is to you because you have been good. You have been a giver. You have been loyal. You have been faithful. You have been kind. You have been loving to others. But hear him speak to you this morning. I know your good deeds. But the things I have against you, if you do not repent and turn and remember where you're coming from, your lampstand, your light will be diminished. Your light will go out. I don't desire for my light to go out. Actually, I want to be back at that place or better than where I was before. I want to grow in the Lord, not only because of his promises of eating the, from the tree of life, but the benefits that I had of us being, being with him. And I realize when I'm closest to the Lord, no matter what is happening, it doesn't faze me. And I know every time I'm faced by what is happening around me, I can, I can tell you where I am. I have forsaken my first love. Every single time in my life where I am perturbed, disturbed, where I am discontented and discouraged is because I have moved away from Christ. I have looked at my situation. I have given them more focus and more time and attention than I did Christ. And so he's saying to you today, I want you to be known as an overcomer. I want you to be victorious. I want you to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. But the only way you can do it is to remember, is to repent, and to return. And so I think about the mother this morning who are feeling disheartened because you may not even have heard from a child. A child may not have called you to say, Happy Mother's Day. And God is saying to you, I know your good deeds. I saw how you spent the time and you gave your all to that child. And even if you didn't and you made a mistake, he's saying to you, the fact that you came to me and you told me you were sorry, I have redeemed you. So today, do not allow your heart to be, to be, to be hardened or to grow cold and weary. But continue to trust me. Continue to praise me. Even when that child does not call. Even when that child does not show gratitude for what you have done. And so God is speaking to all of us this morning. Wherever we are. Whatever situation or circumstances we find ourselves in. Do not become like the Ephesian church. Known as the loveless church. But return. Remember. Remember how it was. Remember the joy you felt. At the time when you were the closest to God. Remember how it felt. The joy it brought. The thought of him and you would just smile. And you just think about him. And you were so filled with joy. Remember. Remember. And so this morning, Father, I thank you. I stand not only for me, but I stand also for NLH, Lord. And I ask you to forgive us 
for where we have grown cold. Forgive us for where our passion, everything that we do is out of duty and not passion. So we come on a Sunday, we come because this is what is required of us. As opposed to we're saying, yes, I get to come together. I get to come together with other believers and serve God. Forgive us, Father God, where we have grown cold because, Lord, the reality is, Lord, the promises that you have made to us, we have yet to see them fulfilled. And we are discouraged. And the question you ask that comes to my mind is, what have I done to you that would cause you to no longer love me? In what way have I hurt you that badly that you do not want to love me anymore? And we, are, we see that you're a faithful God with Anna. You gave her the very thing she gave to you in, before you gave it to her. What, what an insight. To be able to give something that you don't have. To give something that you literally do not have. And that's what you, that is what passion looks like. That is what zeal for God looks like. You'll be able to give him everything. And so this morning, Lord, I thank you that you would commend us as a church but I'm mindful God that we have shortcomings as a church and as individuals so Lord help us help us Father help us this morning to be help us Father God to do help us Father to stay in love with you God so that everything that we do will be done out of a pure love towards you. Lord, where we have grown dry. Where we have grown weary. Where we have become discouraged, Lord, and discouragement have lasted for days and for weeks and for months. And have altered or influenced our relationship with you. Forgive us. Where we, Father God, have drawn away from you because, Lord, we were trying to fix things on our own. We were trying to fix our lives. We were trying to do the thing that we thought you, were, you failed to fix. Forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for not, not accepting your call as a call, but just doing it as duty. Forgive us where our love has grown cold and, and we have become weary. Forgive us, Lord, where every teaching, Lord, we run after every teaching and we run after the thing that itches our ear, that the things that, that would come and, and, and we are not spending the time, Lord, to critically assess and examine. Is this your word to us? Forgive us. Lord, forgive us for where we have allowed society to influence the things we do. To influence the way we act. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Jesus. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Lord, we desire to be restored. We desire, Father God, to come back to that place where our hearts burn. 
and joy overflows us. We desire, Father God, to be in love with you all over again. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word, Lord, this morning, as we said that it's a, it's a prescriptive word. It's a preventative word. And it's a prophetic word. So may we heed. May we hear and heed. So that we will become an overcomer. In Jesus' name. Amen. After this morning, I am mindful that there are other persons who are listening. Who may not even understand what I'm saying. You may, not, you may wonder, but I have never had that first love. I've never loved Jesus that way before and today is a day that you can come and know him today is a day that you can come and fall in love with him and experience the love that comes from being with him today is a day where you can say to him father I have never had that first love and I am open I want to know what it is to love you. I want to know what it is to be in love with you. I want to know what it is to experience your love, those black butterfly, that feeling of warmth and, 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 and fuzzy feeling that comes because I'm in relationship with you. And if that is your request this morning or your desire, the scripture says that if you, Romans 10 says that if you can believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. It's as simple as that. Asking Jesus to come in. Ask him to come and to be your Lord and Savior. It is as simple as that. He comes. And when he comes, he comes with the Holy Spirit that helps you to live. And teaches you how to live daily. He comes and he shows you. He helps you to navigate your life. And he guides you each day. To live. And so if that is your prayer. Where you are. Just ask him. Lord. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died and you were risen. I believe that you are the Lord, the great I am. And if you have been disappointed as a believer and you walked away, God is saying to you, come back. Remember. Remember what the good times we had. Remember. What have I done you for you to draw away from me? What have I done you for you to be so cold towards me? He's saying, come back. Let go of that feeling of apathy and now find the light in him. I remember talking to a lady this week who told me she's a Muslim but she reads the word. And this was such an enlightening conversation to have had. And she spoke to me about Confucius and Buddha and she spoke to me 
about persons at different places is the same God, just having a different name. And the good deeds that each did. And I said to her, but all that the other gods did that are being worshipped, none died for our sins. And so what they are doing is building upon what Jesus did. And she stopped and she looked at me. And I realized, although she didn't say anything to comment on what I just said, I saw her eyes in her head and I could see her thoughts going and going. And she became, she just went very calm. And she never spoke about it again. Actually, she, she started another conversation. And I stood there and I listened to what she was saying. But I just kept saying in my heart, Lord, cause this. Just that one statement. It's like when I said it, it's like a light bulb went off in her head. Yes, there are other gods and she spoke about Allah. And, and she even refused to, 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 to harp on Allah because she said it just, that is the name of my God. And she believed that Jesus is a prophet. But she said, but, but when she heard that, but no other God, come and G God, I didn't use the word come and G to her, that none of them died for your sin none could have died for our sins and that is what God is saying to us that what I did for you nobody else nothing else could have done it so why have you grown cold towards me now today we just give the Lord thanks that he never gave up on us, eh? He continues to call us and he continues to draw us and reminds us that we need to return. Thank you, Lord.